Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another episode. I'm your host, Aaron Osborne. Uh, this episode, my guest is Ty Tate. Ty plays in Master Leonard, a band from Sydney, uh, and has recently launched the Built to Spill wine store with some friends from Crowbar in Sydney. Uh, Ty and I caught up a couple weeks ago to talk about Nightmare Logic by Power Trip, a fucking awesome record that Ty loves and a record that I really love too. Um, sadly, uh, the singer Riley Gale from Power Trip passed away recently um, and we use this as an opportunity to talk about um, a record that he obviously contributed a lot to and something that's, I think, really impacted the fabric of metal and hardcore and uh, it's a very you know, sad thing that he passed away. And um, I think it's important that we keep talking about records and albums from people that are so influential and so impactful. And it's a really sad thing that we won't see any more music from him. Um, and obviously him passing away is a, a tragedy for his friends and family. So our thoughts are with them um, always. This conversation, Ty and I talked about Master Leonard, his band, we talked about Built to Spill Wine, the store that he recently started that um, pairs wine with music and does collaboration with bands and uh, is a cool new thing that Crowbar and uh, Ty have started. So check that out at builttospill.wine. Check out Ty's band, Master Leonard. I'll put the link to them in the show notes. And please go and listen to Nightmare Logic by Power Trip. It's a fucking awesome record. And here's... Ty and I chatting about it. This is episode 105 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Ty Tate. Fucking brutal. Oh, all right. Ty, thank you for doing the podcast with me. Thank you very much. It's nice to meet you on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, the only way to meet people in the current climate <laughs> on the internet. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad you're drinking as well. As, as I was just saying to you, like, I've been doing a, a wine tasting via Zoom and I felt kind of bad because I had with like my business partners before. It's like, yeah, yeah, oh, we need to buy low, sell high. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, as I mentioned before, that's far more fun than I have in Zoom meetings. So, <laughs> I wish I could do that. <laughs> um, all right, so the record we're talking about today, we're talking about Nightmare Logic by Power Trip. Um, yeah. Why did you pick this record? Uh, well, it's literally like if you look at um, every single one of my uh, Spotify things you listen to every year, yep. it's there's like five Power Trip songs in the, in the top 10 every single time. Sick. Um, and, you know, obviously... Uh, right, Riley Gale passing away mm. uh, and whatnot, been been cranking a, a lot more than usual, even which which is saying something. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I th- I just think kind of it's you know even even before his passing, um, it's been definitely something that's that's kept uh, kept kept me and, and a lot of my friends uh, have, having a good time going through this this bit of a, a nightmare logic world we're living in at the moment. <laughs> yeah so well, there's, a, there's a lot of poignant things <laughs> absolutely i mean i think yeah like obviously it's a big i mean i it, i think him passing away is obviously you know it's really sad and i mean particularly myself like i, I know a lot of people that are friends with him too and um so yeah. you know seeing the sort of outpouring of affection was you know showed as well not only just 
the band, but how huge, like a hugely positive impact he had on metal and hardcore and punk and stuff. So it's, I mean, I think 100%. I certainly fall into the same boat where I've just absolutely been hammering this record for the last couple of weeks yeah. as well. <laughs> like, uh, like, I've been watching on the Spotify, just like uh, executioner's text, just like yeah. from 4 million to 5 million. And I'm just like, yeah, right on, man. You know, yeah. Like, well, I think um, I, I can't remember. I'm sure. I'm sure someone else has the exact fact, but it was so sick seeing that you know, it, you know, in such a sad period, the the out all the Power Trip records ended up being on the top of like the yeah. Spotify and the Apple Music sales list and things like that, which is that's fucking awesome. Like it, it's so sick. Totally. Yeah. Um, um. So so when <clears throat> when when did you first hear this record? Uh. I guess just as soon as it came out, what was that? 2017. So yeah, I've, I've got it here. You've got the record. I've, you got you got I've, it right in front of yeah. you. To look up facts. Yeah, this, is a, <laughs> this is a real one. <laughs> uh, was it? Two, yeah, 2017. Yeah, um, out in Southern, Southern Lord Records. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I heard that um, as as soon as it came out. Were um, you a, were you a fan of them already when you heard it? I started listening to them uh, about eight years ago. Yeah, cool. Um, I, I just just moved back to Sydney to um, help some people open up a a bar, and <clears throat> and basically I just I've been reliving my kind of thrash days. Like my, my brother just just raised me on Slayer and Metallica and Megadeth and whatnot. Yeah, and um and and I think Spotify had actually just kind of come out, and it was like. Hey, if you like this and this, you'll you'll love this. Yeah, right. And um, can I swear or not swear? Absolutely, you can say oh, whatever sorry. the fuck you want, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and uh, and and just put on manifest decimation, which is like, what the fuck is this? This is no. like, this is everything that I I, I love about heavy music um, all, all together. You know that that crossover of thrash and and hardcore. Mm. Um, and you know, I thought that was a great album, and I was, I was I was listening to a lot of lot of that record and a lot of uh, Noisem, which is that that mm-hmm. more, kind of more grindcorey kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that that was that was Metallica and Slayer for me. I, I felt like I was getting to relive the life I was supposed to live. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think and then, and then I think that that's been such a big thing with Power Trip is that like mm-hmm. it's um it's really rejuvenated. I mean, obviously you and I, we're probably a little bit older than where people come into music through this stuff. But like, yeah, I, I feel like th- stuff like this came at such a, it, it's such an interesting time because it gives, it, it gives like, I, I felt the same way. The first time I heard um, Manifest Decimation, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh wow, this is yeah. a band that's actually doing the like 80s thrash stuff. It's not like, they're not trying exactly. to be like modern Metallica. They're trying to sound like yeah. Bay Area thrash. <laughs> like, but I just, I just believed it though as well. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, and and because there's there's so much just raw energy and um, and you know and the the lyrics were cool and they're like they were political if you wanted to jump into them and yeah, it made you feel angry and it made you feel happy and it was you know it was it was right on mm. and and then then when Nightmare Logic came out, it just kind of seemed to me like. Uh, like a perfectly distilled version of, of, of manifest. Yeah. And it was just kind of, it, it could have been basically the same album, but just like even better and, and kind of cleaned up here and there. Yeah. It's like, well, I think this is actually a perfect record. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think that's the, I don't think it's like a really, uh, 
it's not certainly not like a disputed fact, but I think certainly this record is like such a step up in terms of like the songwriting is way. I mean, while a lot of the songs seem a lot more simple at this, like exactly at the same time, like it's, it's just perfect for what the production tone is the, you know, the, the, I feel like the vocals sit way better within it and and more up front a bit. Um, and I mean, one of the coolest things about it too is like, I mean, you know, you mentioned already execution as tax is like, it's such a simple song, but it's like, it's like a perfect, simple metal song. Like, and for, for me, I reckon this song at least, you know, for my money of the last maybe decade, like, I reckon this has to be one of like the songs that's going to end up in the canon as like one of the best metal songs ever, you know? 100% and like and when the record came out it was like you know I'd, I'd already been smashing smashing that first album a, a lot mm-hmm. um, and then I was just like you know rejuvenated my love for them again and I, I remember seeing the Executioner's Tax uh, was featured on like you know WWE wrestling <laughs> and I was just I was just like alright like wrestling like a power trip yes this is are they gonna make it like yeah my boys are there this is good <laughs> I think I think a big thing for me with this band too was, I mean, yeah, same same thing. I obviously knew about them and liked them before uh, before I heard this. But when this came out, I was like, really like this like knocked me on my ass in that just like oh wow this yeah. band has like really stepped it up, and exactly. I think I mean I think you know obviously it's yeah obviously it's him passing away is 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 such a devastating thing and i can't even imagine what it's like for his friends and family and things like that but at the same time it's also devastating as a, a fan group too because what this the, the what this re- well yeah and what, and what this record spoke to me was like imagine what's coming next like if, what's, what's next yeah, yeah and what? so like i mean i don't know I, I don't know if they're gonna continue I, I don't i have no idea if they're capable of and decide to do that like it'd be interesting to see what comes next but i mean regardless of that this is still such a good thing if the band were to end this kind of being the end note it's perfect exactly it's it's like uh you know this is this is their master of puppets you know yeah yeah absolutely and it's like you you, you can't really fault it on anything no Um, i mean it and just like it to me it has like it um like i actually think when i heard it it was like the first I think probably the first record that I'd heard in, in quite a long time that actually got me like revved up about like thrash, like as a yeah, pure exactly. form of metal, I suppose. I hadn't been like excited about thrash in, you know, since I was in yeah, school. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that's what it was like, especially like the first album definitely like, you know, got me like just, just excited about this metal in mm. general again. Um, and, but when, when this album came out, it was like, Oh no! I feel like I'm there. You know, I feel like I'm uh, I'm witness to something important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and important doesn't necessarily have to be you know ridiculously groundbreaking or whatever. But um, they just managed to just put out like something that's just rock solid. You know, got you know such a great worldview, mm. um, and and makes people feel good. And you know, like you know that guy and you know Riley and the the rest of the band. Everyone knows they're actually good people. Yeah, 
which which is another thing and especially like you know heavy metal hardcore world like to you know to be such massive advocates for you know uh, all, all races of people non-binary blah mm. blah blah like they they were right right on the money with with all that stuff and i think that that's what was also like a bit of a shame or an extreme shame is just like oh no like the world lost just a good person yeah oh absolutely and i mean i think like I mean, I only ever had a very, a very brief interaction with him. Mental Cavity, the band that I play and played, played with them in Canberra when they were here. And I mean, I think yeah, wicked. that's, I mean, that's another thing that's cool. I'm like, I'm glad they came to Australia because people here fucking totally. love them. And, yeah, you know, I, I'm stoked that we got to play with them. But I mean, it was, again, like I have a lot of friends in the States that are mates with them. And so like, you know, kind of knew some of the same people and things like that, but it was just cool to play the show. But it was really interesting because, I mean, playing with them, in, playing any shows in Canberra, at least at the time, it was a place where shows were at least, you know, I live in Melbourne, so I don't see it so much anymore. But when, um, you know, there was probably about a six month to a year period prior to playing that show where we had certainly all started seeing a bit of a decline in attendance at shows and maybe a decline in yeah. like enthusiasm for shows. And then the Power Trip show happened and it was on a Sunday night. And I mean, I was just stoked to play it, play with a cool band. And, um, but the show was fucking packed and it was like a really great cross section of like old Canberra metal dudes and then hardcore kids and punk guys and stuff. Um, and, you know, we we played and and it was real fun and things like that. And then, you know, afterwards, a couple of the guys, Riley included, came up and like chatted to us about, you know, why, you know, why we were covering like autopsy. It was, they were like, oh, it's cool to play with a band that's covering a death metal, <laughs> you know, an old death metal song and things like that. And, you know, yeah, had a good like chin wag after the show and stuff. And yeah, I think certainly like, I mean, that's the other thing too that, you know, it's, I'm, I've been pretty fortunate to get to meet and become friends with lots of people that are people that I look up to or play in bands that I think that are, are really cool and stuff. And there's always a, a bit of a lump in your throat, particularly when you meet those people because you kind of don't yeah. want them to be fuckheads. <laughs> and you're, yeah, don't you're, be an asshole, please. Yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> Just hoping they're not going to be, you know, really, really lame. And like, particularly a band like yeah. this, like, oh, this record's so great. And, um, but, you know, it was awesome that that's reflected, obviously. And again, in the outpouring of, you know, affection shown towards the guy, like it's it's clear that 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 was true and rang through. But yeah, I mean, my, my oh. you know, my specific experience with it was so positive. And I think particularly even then it, we talk about in our in our group of mates that like that show was like a defining turning point where it had been like a year of kind of bad shows or boring shows and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And then there was a power trip one and it kind of like rejuvenated everything again. It's, so it's Everything sparked up again. Yeah, yeah which is yeah, I'm totally. sure something yeah. they would never know that even happened with them, but it certainly is something that I've like, you know, had in my mind since since that show happened. So like that's another cool 100%. little thing that connects me to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I, I kind of... I've I've never been much of a sweater for like, uh, you know, famous people or or, or people in bands, or whatever. Because yeah, you know, the same as you, just being like, oh no, like please please don't be a dick. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just you know, I'm, whatever, blah blah. And you know, I I kind of uh, various kind of replying to stories on Instagram and stuff. You know, had had a few chats with with him and some other guys in the band as well. And just like, hey, you guys like you you're really cool, nice people. Like yeah, that that's amazing. So. It, 
it was actually it was this is probably the first time in my in my life that I, I got really kind of upset by mm. uh, a, a musician a musician that I that I looked up to you know passing away yeah and and obviously there's a lot of other factors in there you know being super young um, <clears throat> and, and and in a crazy time now with like shows stopping as well and being like yeah oh man like you you never got to play that that last show that you thought you were going to do that sort of thing but up. Me, me and my partner were both like so so torn about it and you know and and still i feel just like oh this is this is not real we actually yeah. actually got the the day, day we found out we got uh i mean see that one there but oh sick got a little r.i.p tattoo which is my, my first one <laughs> um so yeah it was wild but it's like i was thinking about it too though as well like you know and, and and of course, then like Wade Ellison, mm. uh, he, he died a few days ago as well. Yeah, and you know these, these guys are super super young, and you know what well, I put out a, like two records, Power Trip, two two full lengths. Yeah, um, obviously other bits and pieces here and there, but mm. I was like, oh man, that's like that's that's such a shame that they couldn't be more. But yeah, it's like Cliff Burton, you know, died in the, in the you know, same same kind of timing as yeah. well. It's like th- three arms under there, and now that stuff's immortal. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think I think the, you know, the bro way to look at it is just looking at the the body of work that is there and and really appreciating what's there too. Like, I mean, my yeah. like, you know, a- anyone who's listened to this knows the the, the obsession I have for I Hate God. But like, I, I you know, I oh, yeah, I <laughs> I like. And again, anyone who's listened to this knows how I sweated my way into becoming friends with them. But I, you know, <laughs> I, I basically b- developed a pretty good friendship with their, with their drummer, and you know, we we did tour with them here, and it was, you know, such an awesome thing f- for me personally to have this like idol of mine be really cool and really welcoming and stoked that we played shows with them and stuff like that. And then we we did a tour in Europe, and then we we played a show. We had a show booked and about halfway through the tour it got or maybe like just before the tour started it got announced that the show that we were on and this i hate god tour like crossed over so that that it was the one show which is <laughs> obviously like the most unreal thing ever and we were so stoked and you know i'd sort of i'd been talking to some of them and messaged them like oh i'm playing a show together with you guys in europe that's sick blah blah and they were kind of like yeah mate see you there and my first thought when that happened i was kind of like oh yeah you know it's a that fucking kid from australia again like uh we'll see him there whatever <laughs> but like i get to the show and you know we, we all got there and like you know first thing you know joe the drummer just like ran over to us and was like you know asking us what we've been doing for the last two years or whatever <laughs> and, you know, and then you like, know what You're, you remember me <laughs> yeah yeah and and then we spent you know the whole night with the those guys getting real drunk and fucked up and stuff and it was super fun and had such a great time and, you know, talking to them about all the stuff they had planned and everything. And then, you know, we did the rest of the tour, they did the rest of the tour and then we got home. And then basically like two days after we got home, you know, what came out on the internet that he, he passed away. And it was like, that was a similar thing for me too. That was like the first, I think the first big time for me that I was like, oh, this is like brutally affecting me in that like, it's, and this dude who's like influenced so much of what I do it's just ripped yeah. from the world yeah. you know it's so so sad you know um because it's, it's, it's it takes a, it takes a big chunk out of your your your, your soul you know Cause yeah yeah like, absolutely and it's that, that you 
it's kind of weird too in in a way that you like obviously everyone learns to cope and manage those feelings in different ways as they grow older but i don't know i think there is something so specific about being so heavily invested in music and um particularly things like metal and hardcore where loving the bands playing the bands you know being in bands and things like that you get so involved with each other and you get so invested with what others do that it really does take a toll on on you when it you know it's not it's it's a strange thing like everyone's processed family members passing away and things like that but it's a completely different it's a different feeling and it's really it's really bizarre as well 100 percent. like it's you know even to think about someone uh you know it, <clears throat> someone someone passing away um from from a band like especially if a band uh, that you that you love a lot mm. um that that person's music and, and a bit of that person's soul has been has been transported into that that piece of music that, that you yeah. hold so close that, that that same song you can listen to when you're extremely happy when you're you know going through a breakup when you're you know like feeling suicidal and it's pull, pulling you through all these scenarios mm. Of course, when the when the when the the creator of that thing leaves, it's like it's it's massive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think as well with with um, this this record in particular too. Um, I think a big part of a connection that I have with this record too. Like, obviously, we talked about how it's sort of um, it, it it like rejuvenated a lot of interest in this sort of style of mm. metal for me, but as well like. Um, it really like threw me back to the first time I heard like Metallica records and stuff too. And the first time I got revved up about Slayer records and stuff, like it was (laughs) this, this record, honestly, it really like sparked that again for me. Like, yeah, same, same same here. And, but I I got to feel like, I was like, oh, this is, this is mine. You know, I've got got older brothers. And and they and they were like, hey, this is my thing that you can you can mm. get into, and you can borrow. But it's not yours though. And you're like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, because my Metallica is you know sixty years old and wears Quicksilver board shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's like what what my power trip wears wears Slayer track pants. Like, yeah, that's 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 pretty sick. <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think I think as well, like, just yeah, I mean, the songwriting itself is it sits so. I think it, it it like it aligns so well with that vibe too, like the, the mm-hmm. vibe of of um, you know that 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 older that older thrash stuff, but obviously giving it that modern context in that it's got a lot of active groove parts and stuff like that too, which is for sure you know can be missing and, and, in a lot of that old stuff, and and also just a lot of that kind of like that dissonant kind of melody stuff that's you know but more kind of like chromag sort of yeah vibey sort of stuff as well and they just kind of nail it but also like what, what i like about it, it's like how, how long is this album go for like 35 minutes or something yeah i think if that i think maybe it's like 31 <laughs> minutes or something it's real quick <laughs> but that's great that and that that again exactly. is like another tip of that thing because like i think rain and blood is like 28 minutes long or something you know exactly and i, I remember being a, a little kid and um you know, where, where I grew up is like a really small town in New Zealand, like a, a mountain town. There's like mm-hmm. 30 people that live there or something. And, um, and a large I, I proportion like, of metalheads in that town, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
And uh, and I was homeschooled. Um, I did like correspondence school, but uh, a few of my friends that went to the local high school there were like, "You got to come down and, and hang out with us, just because we want you to hang out with us." I'm like, all right, sweet. Um, so I went there for two terms, and there was right in like the in kind of the the heyday of getting into into all things metal, and I was just like, you know, Slayer was 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 my band, and Metallica was my band, and. All, all these, all these young kids that were in the same year as me were just like all, all Slipknot and Mudvayne and yeah. all the, all the new metal kind of stuff, and they're just like, like, what are you talking about? This stuff, Slayer. He doesn't even scream properly. He's just yelling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I had a funny thing with that too because I was like, admittedly and and very openly, like I was a big. I, I got into this. I got into metal through new metal, like a lot of other people in, at my age. Totally, yeah. And not having older siblings, and I grew up overseas, so when I came into new metal, it was kind of different and things like that. But then, yeah, it's interesting, you know, saying that you're homeschooled and getting into that stuff. Because I mean, like going to school for me was like that's how I got into metal. Was going to school, basically. You know, it was like, like. I, I definitely got into plenty, plenty of new metal. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I was into it. <laughs> and it, it was, I was, I think I was one of the only kids that had like an internet connection as well. So I was like, hey man, can you, can you get me a Deftone song and a CD? Like, yeah, yeah no worries. Uh, but I can only get uh, half of White Pony. And then I'm pretty sure the other two songs is actually a dodgy porno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can get you one half of a Linkin Park song that's <laughs> somehow ended up on this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it, there, there was always the funny thing, and it, even like like things like Napalm Death and stuff as well. It's like I remember because uh, I, I started work from a young age as well. So I was, I was working in like a snowboard shop when I was like twelve, mm-hmm. and then working at working in restaurants from when I was thirteen. As I just like all these like old British chefs and stuff, and like, all right, mate, fucking listen to Napalm Death, you little shit, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> and and even like playing that to other kids, they're like. No, but it, it it sounds a bit funny. Like it's you know it's like a, a totally different kind of side yeah. of things. But well, we certainly <laughs> I certainly had like I remember there there was like I guess when I was in year seven or year eight, there wasn't really that many other kids in the school that listened to metal. It was kind of like my group of friends in my year, and then there was like maybe you know two years above us, there was a bunch of dudes that were into punk, and then like a year above them, there was a bunch of guys that were kind of just like alt of some yeah. description yeah. and that was kind of like the th- that was kind of like oh some of them would have metallica shirts on and then that's kind of yeah. you know when i was in year seven i knew metallica but i was listening to new metal and then i you know heard enter sandman or something and then i was like okay now i like this <laughs> and i jumped onto that and then you know and as as then as happens like as you get older classic metal dude thing you just each start trying to out metal each other and exactly that's how you get into fucking i hate god and death metal and stuff because you're just trying to leapfrog each other as you go totally and like you know i I remember that first time like hearing cannibal corpse and stuff and being like oh this is like the heaviest thing i've ever heard yeah and then someone else be like oh yeah what about this you're like oh my god (laughs) yeah i had a i had a really one of my like most distinct memories of that is i think I can't remember what, I mean, it was in high school, year nine or year 10, maybe. And I remember I just started like properly playing drums and I was yeah. so obsessed with playing the intro to Hammer Smash Face just because of the cymbal chokes. <laughs> and like, I remember like I was always playing that. And then um, 
this dude that played guitar in this band that I was in, he was like, oh, like, and I was like loving Cannibal Corpse and loved Morbid Angel. And that was kind of like the yeah. extent of, and maybe death, but that was kind of like the extent of like death metal stuff that I was listening to. I was still pretty heavily into just, you know, Pantera and, th- and things like that. Yeah. And this guy, the guy that I played in this band with, he was like, oh, you got to check this record out. And he gave me um, the first Suffocation record. And that was uh, that was the record for me that just like knocked me on my ass. I was like, "Oh, this is death metal!" Like, even though yeah, Cannibal Corpse yeah, is like yeah, brutal exactly. and heavy, this thing is like so overwhelming. This is, this is all <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that yeah, was the totally. first thing for me that was just like, "Oh, it's so much like so brutal and so like." I got so revved up by it, and I think that was the turning point for me where I was like. Yeah, that was where I got like the deep dive into death metal came from came from hearing that. Yeah. Um but it's it's really funny though cuz I think things like that and and spending that time with your with mates in school and stuff really starts laying like the bedrock of where you then totally what you then go back to, which is again like another sure. link I think with a record like this cuz I had all this but those things that I liked were like, I love the groove in those bands and I yeah. love the, and I think that that was a big thing about suffocation as well. Like they are this very brutal band to have really sick, like, you know, chuggy breakdowny type parts. And that's where things like this really pop out to me is like where, where you can tie all of those elements in together. Exactly. It's like, um, you can still be brutal and you can still have a hook yeah absolutely we, we all need to get hooked like <laughs> well there's a reason why pop music is so successful because it yeah, fucking totally. sticks in your brain forever <laughs> yeah and it's, it's funny though like I'm, I'm realizing now is like the uh information is so readily available um sorry oh it's a bit bright um that you know i didn't i didn't have as much living in a small town even just there was there was no record store there or anything at all yeah, um, and I left there as soon as I turned eighteen. And there, there was a couple of friends that they lived, lived down in, in Wellington already. And as and as soon as I moved down there, there was like it was all like metalcore and and everything mm. like that. And it was just like everyone had all this new music for me, and I was just like, <laughs> "What the fuck? Yes, like give it, give it all to me." And it was just like. It, it was funny, but that actually the first time I had suffocation was when I was 19. I was, I was running a restaurant and there was this, this young dude. Uh, he's a really good friend of mine now, Joe Wright, um, uh, who plays in a band called Tuscoma. Mm-hmm. So you, you should check them out. It's a two-piece thing. Um, and he was just like this young kid that had also moved from a small town but just been playing death metal drums like his <laughs> whole life. And it was just like, oh, you need to listen to this man, dying fetus, this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking right. Necrophagist. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and it was just like, it was, just, it was, it was kind of like information overload in the best possible way. Yeah. How, um, how, how was it like get, as a kid getting into that stuff in a small town? Like, obviously, you mentioned, you know, some people at the school, uh, you know, showed you that stuff. But how did, how did what what was like the origin for that stuff with you with you in in living in a small town? Was it your brothers and things like that? Yeah, my my older brother Dylan. He used to um he used to play in a band mm-hmm. like uh, a band called Rockosaurus. Oh, sick! <laughs> Love that. Uh, I think that I think that was like the first band he was in. Then the the first song he ever sung was like a cover of the Four Horsemen by Metallica. Oh hell yeah, that's sick. Um, 
<laughs> so like he was just like listen to this listen to this but he's also like um he's also like you know van halen is the man and i was like oh yeah sure i can two-hand tap now this is great <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes yeah, so some of his tastes were a little bit questionable but there, there was also like black sabbath and mm. all that sort of stuff too um but he, he gave me my first guitar as well and then and then from there it was like well, all the first guitar stuff i learned was all uh Metallica and 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 just like system of a down and like new yep. metal stuff when I was when I was twelve. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I have I have very good memories of sitting in my bedroom with a green Squire Strat play, trying to play like <laughs> drop A tuned new metal on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I've I've still got the first guitar I got. So it's like black Ibanez acoustic guitar. Oh, that's sick. I wish <laughs> I still had some of that cool old stuff. I sold like. Or gave away everything cool, all the old things. I mean, I still, I still wish I had. I don't know why, ever in my life, I thought a like a forest green squire yeah. strap was a good like first guitar, but that was the first guitar I owned. And I was like, I was yeah, I just yeah have such vivid memories of like not understanding why I couldn't make corn's got the life work on that that <laughs> guitar and a practice amp in my bedroom exactly. like, what the fuck is wrong with me like playing on playing on like eight st- strings you know it's yeah. like oh my god <laughs> it's actually pretty funny because so my brother bought me no, he, for my birthday when i was yeah 11 or 12 he gave me like the shell of an old acoustic guitar he had mm-hmm. and was like here you go now you can play guitar and i was like this thing is so fucked up it was like a, Piece of shit. Like me and my mum took it to the shop and was like, "Hey, uh, how much to get this fixed?" And he's like, "It's cheap if you just buy that guitar." Over yeah. There. <laughs> like, All right. So you know, it was still a good catalyst. But then the uh, the last guitar I got for my birthday was uh, was like Jack- Jackson Randy Rose from the eighties. Oh hell yeah, that's so it, sick. Just just because everyone was like, "I know you love Power Trip." <laughs> Here yeah. you go, have one of these. I've wanted like, those it. guitars for so long, and there's so many times I've nearly bought one. I mean, I, I have a Jackson and I used to have a, a different one as well. And like, I don't know why I've never bought one. I like, I think I, I should do it. I don't know why I haven't done it. I think it's, it's, it, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the future for me. You know what? They're like, uh, I know a, a lot of guitar purist people kind of probably try and give them a bit of a bad rap, but fuck, if you ever played a guitar before and then go play one of those you can play every single thrash rip in the world and sound fucking yeah. sick and feel cool as shit <laughs> and also like i mean guitar wankery is the most cringeworthy stuff in the world to me because like some of the best songs exactly. ever were written on the shittest guitars ever played through yeah <laughs> you know the most basic amp in the world so yeah and exactly until you can claim that like shut the fuck up! You're just playing guitar yeah. like everyone else, you know. I mean, it's like you know, all, all the old early like Dark Throne stuff. There was there was there was the other stuff that I liked in high school that no one else kind of mm. got. Yeah, and you know that that's that's you know a fucking the worst guitar in the world plugged into a toaster recorded through a headphone like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah played backwards through a tape deck and then that's how they got, that's how they got it on um, exactly, but it works. So tell me a bit about. Um, your band that you're playing now, Master Leonard, talk about that a bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've been playing for for a couple of years now. Um, we, we started out with uh, with a different name mm-hmm. a few years ago, 
um, but we're just kind of just hanging out and play, played a few shows and and it was kind of weird. it was very much a um, pretty by the numbers kind of stoner doom sort of thing. Sure. Um, and then uh, and then we we had a bit of a lineup change. Um, got a, got a new drummer and we're ready to hit up some serious shows. We're supposed to be opening for Cadaver um, when they were coming over right as COVID started yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and we, we, had, we had the name change. We had merch. We had everything all, all ready to go. That's so brutal. And um, and then, yeah, then, then it all went shit. But it was actually really good because we, we we did a lot of jamming over this this whole COVID time and um, kind of nailed down our sound a little bit more. And now it's definitely like... <clears throat> We're definitely pretty kind of doomy, but there's we also play a bit faster and there are yeah. kind of freshier elements in there and um we like to have a bit of fun as well. Yeah, it um, sounds sick. I, I mean I like I mean obviously it's a good to me, like a real good cross section of that, you know same same ballpark as high on fire, like finding the <laughs> you know, finding the, the doomy element that you can tie in with the, the fast stuff. But, yeah, exactly. And I, I think, mean, there's, there's definitely, uh, we, we wear our influences on our sleeve pretty oh, yeah. proudly. You got it. I, I, <laughs> I think, mean, as, like, as, that's, that's something I've always, always been an advocate for. Wear the fucking shirts, yeah. cover the songs, like, who cares? Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. We, we actually, we played uh, our first official show. We played an illegal show mm-hmm. uh, recently, but I can't give any details about that. But we played at <laughs> Frankie. Um uh recently and uh we actually covered executioner's text which was pretty funny sick uh because we tuned to c yeah and so it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like fuck it sounds so chunky <laughs> yeah that's sick yeah we um i think i talked i can't remember i think i talked about this recently on the podcast but i exist my old band played a show one time and I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan actually. Oh, cool! Thank you. Well, I, didn't, I wasn't asking for that, but um, we we, um, we played a show one time, and we went. We just went to a show, the group of us, and kind of as a gag, a friend's band were like, "Oh, you guys should play a couple songs," and we we're like, oh, "Yeah, okay, we're all here. It's fine. We don't have any instruments. We can play." And they were like, "Oh, we'll just play at the end of our set." And this band is like a metalcore band that tuned to like a. <laughs> So we just got up and played the I Exist songs in A on their <laughs> instruments and it was just so weird and so funny and yeah, like yeah. Tu- tuned that low playing those songs was... I mean, it sounded cool, but at the same time, it was like we are playing through like, you know, Axe FX type amps and stuff. So it just sounded, <laughs> re- it sounded really strange. But it was... It's definitely like a funny memory that uh, that we all share, but I mean, stuff like, uh, stuff like I, that's I like great. That. It's just like the um. I, I like it when uh, you, you would have heard like the Dolly Parton forty-five RPM. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-three RPM. Sorry, it's just like it sounds like a totally different song. <laughs> oh, that's like my. That, I think when every time I've ever been like released a record and we've been sent test presses to listen to, probably eight times out of ten, I spend more time listening to the record slow the slow <laughs> to listen to how brutal it is rather than actually listening to the test press to see if there's anything wrong with it so much to the uh, point where one time the first press of the first i exist record is missing a song off the record because <laughs> none of, i don't think any of us listened to the test press properly and we were just like yeah cool approve it all good yeah, it sounds good <laughs> and then like 
a month or two after it came out, we had people messaging us and being like, hey, I don't know if my record's fucked, but there's a song, there's not a, there's a song <laughs> not on it. And I was like, what the fuck? And I put it it's on ca- and it's not there. So. Kind of do, do, doing the reverse hidden track. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just, that's what we were doing. We just didn't completely forget to listen to it. Uh, I remember listening to the the whole uh, like side A of Unsilent Death Nails, mm. uh, too slow. Yeah, I'm just like far out. They've gone in such a different direction, <laughs> but I I'm kind of into it. They're such a good doom band now. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. So we got to uh, we had a friend of ours um, uh, who was working on a, a film up in in Queensland, and um, that that all got shut down. So he's like, I'm, I'm in town for a little while. He'd, he'd produced lots of records. He'd kind of worked with a bunch of different cats, mm-hmm. um, but he hadn't done anything heavy. And he was just like, I'll do you a good deal. And he's like, I fucking love heavy music and I want to do Sick. a heavy record and a lot of that stuff. So we're like, all right. He's like, but we got to do it in the next two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah. sweet. So we, we just did two days, did three songs. Um, we put that first that first usurper track out. Um, we got, got two, two more to go. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's like uh, it's it probably my first time in a in a studio properly doing doing everything, you know, playing playing guitar and, mm. and, and vocals and and trying to get some original stuff around. And it, it it was cool because it's like you can you can play heaps of shows, but when you when you get in the studio and you kind of go like, actually, I want it to sound like this. Yeah, it's, it's such such a different vibe. And yeah, so I, think, I mean, I think that you know, I think. While, I mean, my, I would say like for sure my favorite part about playing music is playing shows, like just because I like getting drunk and hanging out with people. But like (laughs) at the same time, like recording is so cool as well because it's, you know, that creation element of what you're doing is, is, um, totally, you know, it's, that's why you play guitar, you know, like you, you do it to create this thing, you know, but there's also kind of, there's a, there's a part of it that was just like, you know, I've been trying to fuck around with different things in my voice and I always hated the way I sounded and the way I was kind of you know, playing things at different shows and I'd always kind of try and change things up or, uh, you know, we, we even changed tunings just before the thing we went from C sharp to, to C standard. Sure. And and that, and that changed a lot of other songs up. But it was, it was kind of a really good exercise of just like kind of drawing a line in the sand for yourself and be like, well, no, it needs to be like this and this is this is a good sound. Like we need to kind of, we need to go up to that and then go beyond it. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, I, so- I think like it's such a that's such a good way of feeling out how like what kind of musician you want to be as well, and what what kind of stuff you want to do. Exactly, um, and yeah, especially especially like going there and just like doing vocals and be like, all right, you can do this however the fuck you want, and you're like, all right, like, well, this is this is my sound now. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, so sometimes that does take time. I mean, certainly like in, in Mental Cavity, like when we did the the first recording we did, it was like me and Alex who who sings and plays bass. Alex is in Exist as well, obviously. And neither of us had ever properly sung in a, in a band before. We'd always just done like backing vocals and we were kind of like, well, I guess we'll just try and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then now we're like, we've done two proper records and like we're, well i'm they are actively recording a new record and i'm this is a mattress of my homemade vocal booth <laughs> that I'm, where I'm doing vocals but like um a silly know, posture pete 
Oh, uh, yeah, perfect. Good, good for your spine, yeah. uh, No, it's just an upright Ikea cheap, whatever, whatever that is. Um, so, you put it in a Swedish studio. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. A real, a real European vibe I'm getting in this room. Um, but, yeah, like, I... Even that, like, I mean, I've been playing fucking metal since I was, like, 12, and... Only yeah. as an adult, I figured out like, oh, I can actually sing the way that I want to sing. <laughs> like, I didn't know yeah, that I could yeah. do that. It took me half of my life playing music to figure out like the way that I wanted myself to sound, you know? Totally. And there's something, there's something like really liberating about that as well. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I agree with you as well. Like playing shows is the best. Like you, mm. you, there's, I would, I would do that a hundred times over two grueling days in the fucking studio for sure. Oh yeah. Um, Big time. But there's, there's definitely like um, it's something good about kind of like having having a go of trying to dial something in, yeah, and then it, it makes you feel like you're in a better spot for for doing that live. Yeah. Oh, and I think the other thing too is like nailing it. That's the other like the coolest feeling in the world is like getting something, making something sound sick that you then get to replicate at the in yeah, the in exactly. the fun <laughs> element. You know, like. A, a big exactly. thing for me was like, oh, figuring out like this is the way that I want to sing, and then it, that being cool on a record, and then getting to do that part live, or and even in I totally. exist too, just like figuring out a cool guitar part kind of by accident, and then playing shows yeah. and being like, I can't wait to play this stupid little blues lick live. I can do this forever. Like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> I mean, it was definitely definitely an homage to to Power Trip and fucking like, and Slayer as well, obviously, but just. Uh, getting getting that that Jackson Randy Rhodes and being able to like just do so many dive bombs. <laughs> yeah, oh, big time. That's that's my biggest regret of like us doing this new Metal Cavity record. And I'm glad that the band is doing it. I'm glad they they're getting it together. But my my biggest thing with that band has been on everything we've done so far. I've found a way to put a dive bomb in there, even though <laughs> I don't play a guitar live that has a Floyd Rose. But I just. <laughs> It's got to be on the record, and I'm not going to yeah, be able yeah. to do it this time. So, <laughs> my friend who's mixing it, I've already preemptively asked him, like, can you fucking get He's the dive bomb tr- ready? <laughs> I'll tell you where to put them in, but they've got to be in there. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very necessary. Yeah. And, and even just to play, playing lead stuff as well, like, um, for Usurper, the track we sent you, mm. um, it was like we, we had like a very we're just a three piece you know it's just just bass drums and mm. guitar so lead stuff usually kind of uh it's, it's hard to do because you're like you don't want it to sound too yeah you don't want to bottom out when you're playing yeah and you know and you know like um high on fire do it, do it and sleep do it really great you know just mm. three pieces as well and you know sometimes tracks like some some of the songs are tracked with extra guitar bits and, and some aren't mm. Um, and I think that's cool. We, we did kind of the same thing with this, this record as well. Um, but it was funny because I, I never really kind of mess around with thinking about lead parts too much, but it was at the end of the day when it did like, you know, there's like four, four decent dive bombs in there. Yeah. And then normally it was just, it was just, just kind of just, just riffing to like fade out basically. Yeah. And I, I think I'd drunk like 16 million beers and <laughs> smoked all the cigarettes and like there was, there was no band members left. It was just like, uh, me and the producer and the and like the the studio hand and um and I got to have like we recorded in a big room and then I got to have the big room just to myself with just like a, a wall of amps in front of me sick and then kind of like did, did the like the rhythm tracking and like and the like the one little like bomb kind of bit 
I was like, can I, can I do an extra little bit? Like, you know, got kind of got my like Dutch courage up a little bit. It's like, <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? I was like, I, I kind of have like an idea for a little solo bit at the end. <laughs> Sick. And it just kind of like made this one stupid thing up and it kind of it sounded okay. And we were all stoked on it. It was just like, all right, sweet. So the key is just get everyone else in the band out of there, and then you can put in the six solo. <laughs> yeah, I'd say most of my most of my like brilliant ideas that have ended up on records have been like when other people haven't been watching, or or when like <laughs> I'd certainly I think, and I mean it was definitely the mo in I exist was just like, is it stupid? Is it funny? And like, <laughs> does it sound cool? Okay, do yeah. all. Th- if it knocks on all three, then you got to do it every time. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I think a lot of people don't operate that same way. But I fucking love that, so <laughs> I'm always down. Um, I mean, all right. I guess that. Let Let's talk about Let's talk about the the wine stuff while you've been yeah. fucking ripping well, I mean, into some chuck, wines in chuck, front chuck of me. Wines, yeah. They yeah. keep on just changing colours as well. <laughs> Um, I've, I've had a I've had a really delicious wine tasting this afternoon uh, with a winemaker called uh, Patrick Sullivan, mm-hmm. good good old friend. Yeah, just some samples he sent me. Look at you go, that's sick. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel kind of a little bit more drunk than I should be for just drinking like a little bit out of these tiny bottles, but <laughs> that's good good value. That's a good way to feel. Uh, so yeah, we we got a a new a new online store happening. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come or, about? And like, uh, I know everything's going back to COVID, but um, <laughs> it's, it's this actually goes this goes a little, little bit further back. So this is uh, this is also bushfires and 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 job changes and whatnot. Um, but so I I, <clears throat> I met Trad and Tyler from from Crowbar, mm-hmm. um, of, of you know um, not Brisbane anymore, but of Crowbar Sydney. Um, I met them a few years ago when I was I was working for a natural wine shop in in Newtown in Sydney. Yeah, and um, and they they were really good friends with Boo Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does like teching and amazing tour stuff for me and him were or, were groomsmen at a wedding together. I know him very yeah, well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, any anyone that I like talking to that likes the same sort of music is like, oh yeah, fuck awesome, yeah. 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 Um, so he, he was the, the conduit of getting us together and he's like, like, Oh, you like metal and, and wine and you like metal and wine. It's like, these guys need some more wine at their metal bar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they, they kind of like loosely employed me, Mm -hmm. um, a little while ago to help them out with some like wineless stuff there. Um, and then, uh, and then things were starting to, you know, get a bit crazy last year with bushfires and you know everywhere is a bit quieter all the winemakers were fucked up with losing vineyards and and you know so much smoke tainted grapes everywhere yeah right um which i'm not sure if uh, you're familiar with like what happens to smoke tainted no i i honestly never even thought about that now that you say it i'm like fuck that must have ruined so much of people's business totally. <laughs> like- it, was, it was fucking wild and like you know obviously there was like there were people that had vineyards that just like you know went up in flames yeah but there's also just like smoke going around just like ruin ruin the taste of wine that you try and make with it because it all just yeah. gets trapped inside the skins and that's crazy basically makes a wine that tastes like an ashtray that's um crazy and disgusting and really really yeah, yeah. shitty for all those people 
Well, because I mean, like when, like when Trad and I were talking about it first, it's like you know, Trad loves barbecuing, and he's like, like, oh, smoky wise, like could be like a good little pairing kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, no, no, not good smoky. Like when someone's like put a cigarette butt in your bottle of wine and then you drink it, that that kind of yeah. When you a- when you accidentally pick up someone's ashtray, <laughs> I've accidentally, I've accidentally done that many a few times, and I think I've also done that on purpose a few times. <laughs> Um, but so anyway, yeah, we, we, we started uh, working on some ideas um, about, you know, we, we did a few fundraiser events. I, I played shows at, at Crowbar and I, I donated a bunch of wine and we're, we're selling wine and doing, you know, bushfire relief stuff. And, yep. and we, we started talking about ideas of <clears throat> doing, doing more collaboration stuff like that um, you know, to help out winemakers and, and, and you know, and, people affected in those areas especially especially around canberra and, and yeah. whatnot because it's so close to home um and then uh and then and then COVID happened and um i <clears throat> I, qu- I quit my job at the, the place i was at and um and and trad and tyler were like you know come come work with us some more we want to do some more more projects and we, we started talking about doing uh collaborations between bands and winemakers so it started off as, you know, we're working with winemakers that weren't selling any wines because all the restaurants closed because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and bands that couldn't tour anymore also because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and we, we started off, you know, the, the first few few ones we did were from for people, winemakers from, from around the area and whatnot. Um, and then we started kind of growing the idea more and more. We did, we did a North Lane wine yeah. uh, through, through Crowbar and it just it just went crazy um you know we sold like I don't know, a, th- a thousand bottles in a couple of days wow that's awesome it was like um yeah i had like a a friend who had like a, a good juice hookup um of some natural gear from victoria and was like it's like oh you know i'm not i'm not selling anything and I, I need you to help me out with this like i've got so much wine in the warehouse yeah like get, get this out there i'm like all right well we've got a band that has fans that like drinking they've got a new New single coming out. Yeah. So we, we we did like a label with like the QR code and you could download the song and Oh sick, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was um it was pretty wild and, and it, it worked really well. Um and then, you know, everything was uh getting getting more and more ridiculous every day of, you know, trying to figure out when we could open up the bar again or do anything. And <clears throat> uh eventually um Tran Tyler's friends uh Matt and Jen from Unified yep. um, Music Group. Um, we're just like, hey, love what you're doing. Um, we really want to help in any way we can. Uh, let's let's make this a thing. So we were like, okay, let's let's do music and let's do wine together. Let's do some more collaboration wines. Let's do more merch. Let's let's open up a shop um, and try. And try and get you know as much as much good wine in front of people that may may not have drunk it before, and as yep. much good music in front of people that maybe haven't heard that before. Yeah, right. Because um, you know all, all the all the wine that I've I've dealt with in my previous jobs and, and working in restaurants and whatnot has all been you know nat- natural wine. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a, a thing you're familiar with. Well, let me let me stop you there and tell you that I know fuck all about wine. I amazing. <laughs> I can tell you that I know what it is, and I've had it, 
but I know this one very tastes little. like grapes. Yeah, <laughs> I know they're different colors. I know that yeah. there's some that I I do like a lot, and there's some that I really don't like. But yeah, yeah, I love booze and I love yeah. being drunk, so <laughs> I'm open to anything. So it's it's like a it's a funny thing. It's a, it's a bit of a fashionable thing now, like natural wine. And there's there's a where does that where did that trend come in like why why that oh like over the last few years you know the same thing is like um you know organic fruit and vegetables becoming a thing and like you know at its at its heart like it's it's good and it's like it's better to ingest things that have less gross stuff in them (laughs) Um, because it it does end up being better for you but uh the, the hard thing with natural wine is there's no uh there's no actual legal stuff around what makes a natural wine a natural wine. Okay. Um, so as like regular Joe Blow customer, it's pretty hard to to get the same thing and be and uh, for whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what I've always kind of um, my my main criteria for natural wine has always been pretty staunch on uh, either organic uh, or biodynamic grapes, mm-hmm. um, either either certified or at least in practice or if it's a poor winemaker that just had to buy some cheap fruit that wasn't organic, they wanted to do that so they can sell some so they can get organic stuff next time. <laughs> um, they, uh, one, of, one of the big ones as well is uh, wild fermentation. Okay. So no, not using any chemical or, or inoculated yeast. Yep. Um, which, which makes things a little bit harder. But um, the, the thing about... There's yeast just flying, flying everywhere around around in the world. Yeah, right. And um, around around the winery and on the skins of the grapes and everything. So it'll start fermenting by itself easily. But some, you know, large companies and whatnot will just be like they've got you know yeast number sixty nine six 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 four twenty, and they'll they'll <laughs> they'll chuck that in there. And be like we're going to make a wine that tastes like this every single time. Yeah. Whereas you know generally if you make making wine with like this wild ferment, it'll taste a bit more like where it comes from, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the other big one is uh, no no corrective additives, so no added acid, color, all that sort of thing. The the, the ed one though is uh, sulfur. So some people get a bit crazy about uh, adding sulfur or not adding sulfur. It's just a, a natural preservative. Um, the like the maximum you can add is four hundred and forty parts per million, um, which is you know like really really horrible like goon. Yep. Um, <laughs> And then, like, uh, like the maximum that we'd have in like uh, any bottle that's going to be on the new site is uh, like fifth parts per million. Wow! So, kind of the, the like the the equivalent of that that one whole bottle of natural wine with uh, fifty parts per million of sulfur in it is the equivalent to one piece of uh, dried apricot. Wow! So uh, it's if- like it's fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's the um. I, so the, again, the, the the website is called Built to Spill, right? I I, I don't think we yeah. we outlined that before. I before we started. Uh, <laughs> um, but so spill dot wine. Uh, there you go. So what's the what what's like the what's the um you know what's going to be like the the from a wine perspective? What's like the the goal with with the website? Basically, like. We're just trying to get as much of this good juice out to as many people as possible. Yeah, you know, I've I've worked in, in so many different spots that that cater to you know a wide range of people, but there's still so many people that aren't aren't drinking the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know and good doesn't necessarily mean expensive but um there's you know there's a, a lot of a lot of really cool people making wine especially in australia as well that that are, that are really small time and you know it's it is going to be a, a thing that you know the, the more of this wine you buy the and you know that are getting made sustainably the healthier the the earth will become here you know just just by by proxy of that yeah um so it is it is just about getting getting that good product in, in front of people and and kind of in, in inspiring people to have have a good time with drinking the thing is well, i was like i used to work in restaurants and stuff like fine dining and whatnot and wine was always scary and mm-hmm. you know kind of kind of gross and just like drunk by rich businessmen and stuff yeah and it used to freak, freak me out um and a lot of these wines i got to try you know that, that are made in this this style they're, they're just really exciting and they're, they're really um they're easier drinking styles and they're they're really i don't know they, they taste alive and um and they they got me got me excited to to drink again you know yeah i mean i would say that i mean the whole reason that i have well, when I was a kid, wine was your parents' drink, so you didn't drink it. Exactly. And then, as an adult now, I've just, like, I wouldn't know what I did or didn't like, to be honest. I know that I fucking mm. love champagne, and which is something that people, yeah. I don't know, a lot of people don't like it, but I love it. And uh, it's, it's got so good. <laughs> but, like, I, I just know nothing about wine. Like, I don't know anything to... I wouldn't know whether what I liked or didn't like really other than champagne as an example. I, I guess that's the thing as well. It's just like, you know, I, I was made to learn, you know, a set uh, number of rules about what wine was supposed to be and how it was, how it was supposed to look and, and things like that. And a lot of these wines that are getting made that I'm, that I'm, you know, discovering now, you know, they're unfiltered, they're unfine, they're a little bit wild. They're kind of, I don't know, th- these wines are, are a little bit more, they're like, punks of the wine world sure. you know what i mean yeah and and they're like they're, you don't have to describe them in wine terms you know what i mean it's just like you know i'll be hanging out with trad sometimes and just be like what does this taste like it's like uh it tastes like fucking like naughty solo or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah right on like that that works that sounds um, like something exactly that he would say <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and so it's it's kind of cool and it's like i don't know there's less stuff in there, so people do talk about less hangovers. Yep. Um, that's definitely a thing. Well, um, but I think a- my my favorite quote of all time is the the late great Dimebag Daryl: "Love being drunk, hate being hungover." It's the exactly the only <laughs> thing that I I think the biggest dilemma that I've ever faced in my life. Love being drunk, yeah. hate being hungover. So yeah, anything exactly. that can help curb that, I'm all for. Well, because that's the thing as well. It's like and because it it tastes so exciting and alive, and and because it is, you know, I, I love just drinking Melbourne bitter and and doing shots of whiskey all night. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as the next man, if the next man is Dimebag Daryl, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, but there is something to be said, you know, drinking like an eleven and a half percent glass of wine as opposed to like what could normally be like 16% and and it tastes exciting and you're talking about it with your friends and you're having a good time you know it is like sitting down and listening to a, a really fucking good record yeah sure and it's like you kind of you know obviously you will get drunk still there's there's no denying that <laughs> but you, you end up having a better time doing it 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and that's the other thing too. It's like, I, I guess, particularly if you found that thing that um, that you can get yourself so engaged with as well, what better thing yeah. to do than merge it with another thing that you're well engaged with, which is music. Totally. And it was it was just kind of funny because like, you know, uh, Trad and Tyler came from like, you know, massive, massive, and, and Matt and Jen came from massive music backgrounds. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're all into like really, really good wines now as well. And, you know, they, you know, getting getting more into it every day. And whereas I've come from like a massive, you know, restaurant and wine hospitality background, mm. and you know, in, in my thirties, uh, I've started playing playing in bands and stuff, and yeah, so sure. we've kind of this, this head reverse kind of thing. <laughs> and wow. so it's kind of cool. It's just like you know, I'll, I'll be like, "Hey, you need to try this wine and check this this vineyard out," and this is crazy. And they're like, "Yeah, well, you should like record over here, and I'll get your show over here, and blah blah blah." <laughs> Well, you know, it's a good trade-off then. It's working out perfectly. Exactly the exactly, exactly the idea behind the website from the sounds of things. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just yeah, put get get things you like and just smash them together and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So what what's the what what's like the I guess the the plan on going there with the site? Is that that the idea? Just keep it entwining it where you can, or we it's going to be like. So when we when we launch, there's like um, there's Amity Afflictions doing a wine, mm-hmm. uh, the Chats are doing a wine. They're actually doing a goon box um, with uh, Dylan Dylan Quinte wines down in Riverland, who's a who's a legend. Um, uh, DZ Deathrays are doing a wine with Blind Corner from over in WA, someone I worked with for years as well. Um, but then we also all, all our like all our packaging in our boxes um, is all built to like put records in as well. So it's like you can buy. We'll be doing like three three bottle subscription packs that has a record mailer built into it. Fuck so yeah. like, you can buy, do you do you want the thrash pack? All right, there's like a champagne and this and a that and a record in there. It's got fucking nightmare logic and you know off you go. Fuck yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and so just kind of smash like they're, they're like I'm I'm sick of describing wines in the old school kind of way as well. It's mm. like. This is a crisp, lean, white, dry, white wine with a gooseberry and passion fruit and blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, this wine is what it's like if you fucking, like, had too many pina coladas and did get caught in the rain, but it was raining fucking blood. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think I love Just- that. <laughs> try, try, trying to make it, you know, keep, keep it fun and, yeah, get, get people drinking right. Yeah, sick. Well, all right, so that website again built to spill dot wine built to s- dot wine and when, i know right i mean who, dot could, wine. who how did you find <laughs> how does that work <laughs> i don't know i i just uh we, we came up with the name and it was like you know built to spill wine um i was like can we just do dot wine like ask the website people and just just apply it and there was no weird thing so we just did it fucking that's that's a ripper um well uh, by the time this this uh, goes on the internet, that will all be there. So you can, for those people listening yeah. to this, go fucking get some wine, and maybe I'll start learning about wine at some point, so I can do this too. Well, that's the thing as well. It's like um, you know when people go like, you know, I don't know much about art, but I know what you like, but I know what I like. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine, and it's like it's a it's a fun journey to to go on. <laughs> Well, I think this is an exciting way of taking people on that journey, fucking throwing a record in at the same time. Sick. Totally. I mean, that's I, I don't ever drink wine without listening to music, you know. 
and that's, that's how I've always kind of described certain wines as well. I've been like, you know, is this a is this a, a, a power trip wine right now that I'm gonna <laughs> like, you know, smash the hell out of and like have a good time, or is this is this gonna be like a swans record maybe that I'm gonna like, you know, it's, it's very intense and like you know, there, there's moments of like crazy like beauty in there, but I'm gonna think about it. <laughs> I think I think you've really uh, turned on a new way of describing wine. It's just basing it entirely around <laughs> records. <laughs> You're gonna start a trend, man. <laughs> here's hoping yeah sick well all right i'll i'll stop recording there but thank you thank you very much for chatting with me i mean we did uh, we did spend so a lot of time talking about other things but that's a classic way of doing this podcast <laughs> i found you start talking about one thing and then you just fall apart but yeah thanks right. heaps for chatting with me about it uh thank you so much really appreciate it <laughs>